Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk podcast. And Andrew, basketball season is finally here. Maryland men's basketball starts its season tomorrow night against Mount St. Mary's at 7 o'clock. The women's team also plays tonight. We have Maryland basketball back in College Park. I'm Emmett Siegel. Andrew Chodas, how are you feeling right now as we're on the eve of Maryland basketball's season beginning? Yeah, well, for those of you watching on, on YouTube, you can see my uh, my smile. I'm quite excited for Maryland basketball season. Okay, he's grinning from ear to ear right now. I actually, I actually am. I'm very excited for Maryland basketball season uh, to be here. Obviously, um, both the men's and women's teams had had really successful seasons. Um Last year brought a ton of energy to College Park and expect a lot of the same this season. Yeah, and we're going to focus this episode on the men's basketball team because uh, that's the team that me and Andrew are covering over at testudotimes.com where you can find our writing. But we will uh, soon enough have some women's basketball coverage as well uh, and we'll potentially be bringing on some of the women's basketball writers as well. Andrew, you covered the women's team, so you're you know very acutely familiar with them. But we're going to focus on men's basketball, at least on this episode. And the Terps start their season tomorrow night against Mount St. Mary's at 7 p.m. The first look at the second team of the Kevin Willard era. There's a lot of excitement about this team. Not quite ranked in the AP poll, but just on the outside looking in, uh, picked third in the Big Ten preseason poll. Um, This team has all the makings of being a very solid squad, maybe improving on last year's team that managed to win a game in the NCAA tournament. Andrew, as we get prepared to see this team for the first time, because we didn't get any exhibition games that were televised like some of these other teams did, uh, what are you most excited to see on opening night? Oof. Uh, well, I I think there there's a lot of things to look at with this Maryland team, but I think you have you can look no further than that they're able to return their core in, in Jameer Young, Julian Reese, and Dante Scott. Right, and it's it's not often where where teams are able to bring back a core of three upperclassmen who had a, who had really good uh, seasons last year and hoping to build upon that uh, this season. Obviously, Jameer Young, you know, came into College Park last season and, you know, he lit it up, right? You know, he's kind of the, the hometown guy and brought a bunch of energy back and, and, and all Big Ten selection. So you know what you're going to get out of him. And then somebody who got better and better. I, from, I, was, I watched the team from the outside. You covered them. But I felt like Julian Reese kind of got better as the season went on, established himself as one of the better big men in the country. So you one, two punch right there. And then round, rounding it up is, is a guy you never know exactly what you're going to get from him, but you know, he has the leadership. He's a really good basketball player. His decision-making sometimes is, is a little off, but again, Dante Scott, a really solid player who's, who's been at Maryland through thick, who, through thick and thin. So bring back that core, I think is going to be huge for Maryland. And that's going to be the most important thing for them. Absolutely. Uh, Maryland's team uh, is very dependent on where they can go on what those three players do this year. Uh, Jameer Young was so good for them last year, and you were totally right on your your Julian Reese, uh, your Julian Reese analysis. He got so much better by the end of the season. By the end of the season, he was playing like one of the best big men around. Um, he was holding his own against you name it. Um, you know, TJD, uh, Edie, whoever it is, uh, Julian Reese was 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 playing up to that standard. He was playing really, really well. And then Dante Scott, like you said, you see the flashes sometimes. We've seen him put together some really complete seasons. We've definitely seen some people get very frustrated at him um, for, for some of the mistakes. But uh, but even so, a really talented player um, and a guy that we've heard it for a couple of years now, but for a guy that, that Kevin Willard 
and the rest of the team is really talking about potentially having a, a really good fifth year um, as, you know, his final year of college eligibility. He chose to come back for this year. We'll see if he makes the most of it. Yeah, you, you mentioned Kevin Willard, obviously year two under the Kevin Willard era. I think a lot of fans are questioning where they can go from here. Obviously, a really successful first season making making the second round of the NCAA tournament. Is this a year where they kind of improve on that, continue the momentum? Or is it a year where maybe they they fall a little bit short after you know exceeding expectations? So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, but there's a lot of energy in College Park, a lot of enthusiasm. And I think part two of that is about uh, the freshman class. And if you want to kind of take us a little bit more into that. Yeah, that was going to be my answer for um, for who I'm most excited about seeing. And that's, uh, that's the freshman for this year. Um, Maryland brought in its best recruiting class in a couple of years. And the headliners are Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser Jr., um, these two guys would not be surprised at all if they both start. I think DHS is definitely starting. Jamie is probably starting. Um, these two guys are going to be impact players right away, or at least they're going to have to be. Um, DHS is special, special player. Kevin Willard talks about him like he's you know the best oh, freshman wow. he's ever coached. He yeah. loves him. You know he's a super physical guy, which you see just standing next to DHS. I mean, you you just see the physical traits are certainly there. Um, unbelievable motor, local guy from Paul the Sixth was the best player on arguably the best college or the best high school team in the country, you know, lives up to the billing. Um, and then Jamie Kaiser um, was also a local guy. He went down to Florida for a year, but, but, but a really good shooter, um, really good instincts on the court and just, you know, maybe a little bit underrated on what he can do outside of his shooting ability, which gets a lot of the attention, but, but just overall really solid players. Two guys that are going to play a major, major role for this team this year are going to be asked to do a lot and adjust very quickly to the college game. Mount St. Mary's, who Maryland's going to play in its season opener, is not necessarily going to be a, an accurate representation of the competition that Maryland's going to face the rest of the year. But it would be really, really good for their confidence and to get people excited about this team if those guys in particular, in addition to the other freshmen like Jonathan Lamoth and Braden Pierce, can, can have good games. If those yeah. guys can have really good games to start their career, it builds that confidence and that sets a really, really good tone for the rest of the season. And you're going to need them to keep that up for the entirety yeah. of the year. Yeah, no, and going back to to uh, to Deshaun and Jamie specifically, I know you mentioned how Deshaun's a, a physical guy. I think that's the first thing you see when when you see these two freshmen. They're they look physically mature, right? You know, Deshaun Howard Smith, he's 6'5", 200 pounds for a freshman point guard. Jamie Kaiser, I think I think Kevin Lord said it maybe twenty times. You know, a high school quarterback. So I think, and again, that's something that Willard's been you know almost a Maryland quarterback too, or that's at true. least at least on the roster as a quarterback. But that's just something that Willard's so big on. He was big on that last year, right? It's all about the physicality. It's 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 being aggressive, you know, defensively having that high having that high motor, the high energy, and those are two guys that kind of epitomize that. And I think that's the reason why why we're going to see them have play heavy minutes, potentially be starter because I think they they are Kevin Willard players, um, which I think really benefits them um, when the season uh, comes along. Yeah, and the, the Kevin Willard system starts and ends with defense and especially starts and ends with that defensive pressure. Um, even when it's not the full court press, it's close to your man. If you're playing zone, you know, tightening up the zone, a lot of helping, like you're, you're on the ball carrier, you're, you're, you're on whoever, uh, you know, you're assigned to whoever's in your zone, whatever it may be. Um, that's what the Kevin Willard system is all about. And I know last year there were times where they were talking about, you know, all we pretty much do is just we practice defense and then we let the offense take care of itself. Sometimes yeah. that can be a little frustrating, and I'm sure that that's not an accurate representation of what's actually happening. I'm sure, I'm sure that they're they're practicing offense as well. But 
But, you know, the defense, DHS especially, to me, seems like a perfect guy to play for Kevin Willard, the kind of guy that I can see getting some steals. Um, probably not going to block a lot of shots, but but a big guard that, that can that can physically yeah. impose himself, even, even as a freshman. Um, relentless player that, that you could utilize in a full-court press. I don't know how much they're going to be pressing Mount St. Mary's, depending on how that game is going, but... But even so, uh, I, I think these guys are, are perfect for the system, and I can yeah. definitely see them them playing big roles um, on both the offensive and defensive end, which is is what you're going to need from this year. Yeah, and then just a, a lot of the stuff that that I've read and and, and listened to, it, it seems like the, the thing that that Kevin Willard is most impressed with with his freshman class is just their is just their motor, their ability to keep up, uh, sustain energy, which like you saw last year covering the team is exactly how the Terps want to play. Yeah, and, and we talked about Jamie Kaiser being a potential starter. Um, I would think that the other guy competing for him in that spot is Jordan Geronimo. And we should talk about Jordan Geronimo. Um, yeah. Indiana transfer, super, super athletic, big wingspan, tall guy. I think he's about six, seven um, and very versatile. Um, his athleticism allows him to play almost any position on the court with the exception of maybe like a true point guard. But he can, you know, he, he can space the floor for, for a guy his size, really gives you a lot of defensive versatility. And like we were talking about, these are the kind of guys that even if they're not super successful at the other schools, right? You saw like Patrick Emelian was last year. Um, Ian Martinez struggled in his first year with Maryland. And then last year really came on, especially on the defensive end. Um, obviously he transferred, but but even so, like you see these guys that come to the Kevin Willard system, it's all about fit. Jordan Geronimo yeah. to me seems like a guy that is a perfect Kevin Willard player, like you were saying about the freshman, that can really get after on the defensive end, a little bit of athleticism, and maybe if he starts to figure it out on the offensive end as well, could really raise the ceiling for what this team is capable of. Like you said, it's all about Geronimo's uh, versatility. You know, Kevin Willard mentioned that in there. Secret scrimmages and, and in practice, you know, he's he's flirted with lineups where he has Geronimo the three, the four, the five. So again, a really versatile, really athletic player. And like you mentioned, right, this is a guy that was averaging four minutes a game at Indiana, but it's all about carving out your role. And when you kind of look at how Willard's kind of made his lineup even last year and into this year, each player kind of has that defined role. And it seems like Geronimo's role is going to be whatever whatever's asked of him, right? He, he's a guy, he can come in, he can, he can play center because of his huge wingspan. He can stretch the floor out of three, play the four. So he's going to be a really interesting guy to, uh, to look at, especially early on in the season, just to see where he best fits. Yeah, and we're going to try not to overreact to the Mount St. Mary's game and, yes. and even to the Asheville tournament in the early season games because in college basketball, it really all comes down to what you are by the end of the season. But even so, these are going to be some really interesting looks for a team that we don't know. Like you said, we, we have roles that we have an idea of what these guys are going to fill. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly how everything is going to come together. And that's mm -hmm. the nature of a coach in his second year at a team um, with, with a lot of new players coming in with a couple guys that are returning, but looking to take that next step. Um, you never know exactly what you're going to get, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they perform against competition that, you know, realistically isn't at their level. I mean, Mount St. Mary's is a middling Mac team. That's Mac with two A's for anyone uh, who's wondering. And Maryland is a supposedly top half, top couple big 10 team. Maryland should win this game pretty easily. But beyond that, it's not even about if you win, because that should just be a given. It's about seeing what you have for this team this year in a lower stakes environment that, you know, you can potentially mix and match with your rotations, get some guys in off the bench that we haven't even talked about and, and kind of get a good idea of, of what this team might look like when the games start to matter a little bit more later in the season. Evan, I want to pose a question to you when 
when you guys were covering the team last year and they started off was it nine and oh or, or ten and oh what eight was no. it? Eight and oh at what point during that run did you guys kind of finally start to get a feel or, or a sense for what the team is? Um, I think there were a couple moments that that stand out. The the early games, you know, they were what they were, right? Some some buy games. You're not looking too much into it. Uh the moment where we realized that they were actually pretty solid was when they went up to Connecticut and they went up to Mohegan Sun and they blew out St. Louis, and then I believe they blew out Miami, who made the final four. Um, mm-hmm. that was I remember we were watching that game and we were like, oh man, like this team has something. We don't know necessarily if they're going to, at that point, didn't know what their ceiling was, but we're like, this team, there's something here and this team could be really good. This team looks like an NCAA tournament team. They jump into the rankings and they beat Illinois. They got as high as I think 13, which was always a little bit overvalued. I think we understood that at the time. We understood that they weren't necessarily at that level where they're, you know, a top 10-ish team. But when you saw the, it only took probably, like you said, eight games or so into the season where you're like, Maryland basketball is legitimately a solid team, an NCAA tournament team, and a team that could win an NCAA tournament game. It didn't take very long. And this year, the way that the schedule pans out, um, the the preseason or early season tournament they're playing in with uh, with Davidson, Clemson, UAB, not necessarily at the level um, of, of some of those teams. St. Louis was a pretty good team last year. And obviously, like I said, Miami was, was really good. Um, but even so, with that, with the Villanova game shortly after, I anticipate that we'll be in a little bit of a similar situation where we might have at least a decent idea of what this team is capable of yeah. not too far into the season. It, we probably won't be waiting all the way until conference play starts in December. Well, no, I, I wanted to ask about last year specifically because they, they there are a few losses that they're gonna have that they're gonna have to you know kind of kind of kind of push through. Obviously, you lose it, you lose guys like. Like Don Carey, like Hakeem Hart, who we'll see in Villanova in, in, in just um in just a few weeks, Ian Martinez. So how do you think Maryland will be able to kind of push through those losses? And what do you think they need to do to do that? Well, the the thing is that they kind of replaced all of those players for the most part. Um, Don Carey, the replacement for him is Deshaun Harris Smith, right? Completely different player for anyone that doesn't know, and you'll see it probably on Tuesday. Deshaun Harris Smith is not super confident three-point shooter it's not that he's a bad three-point shooter it's just Don Carey came in to be a three-point specialist more or less and he kind of showed that towards the end of the season I know early in the season his shots were were very um very inconsistent but DHS is is the replacement for Don Carey I have no concerns about that um and then you mentioned Ian Martinez as well um you know Ian's a tougher guy to replace because he was He's the kind of athleticism that's really hard to find in such a great defensive player. That's where you're hoping to get a lot of minutes out of guys like Deshaun Harris-Smith. You're hoping that Jahari Long can give you good minutes at that, that guard position. Um, so he's going to be a little tougher. And then Hakeem Hart is the biggest of the three, the biggest loss, because he's such a good glue guy and the guy that, you know, can really pick up your team when you need it. Great at defense, pretty efficient at offense, even if he's not filling up the stat sheet, a very efficient offensive player. That's when you need guys like Dante Scott to have a better year than he did last year. And you need Jamie Kaiser, Jordan Geronimo, that group of players, maybe even Noah Bachelor finds his way into decent minutes there. Um, you need them to, to step up and, and fulfill uh, that role that Hakeem Hart was able to play last year. So it'll be interesting to see if they can replace it. I'm not sure they totally have to because it'll probably be a little bit of a different team than last year. But in terms of replacing those players, I think they have the personnel to at least recoup that lost production. And then maybe if you get you know, some added bonuses from, from guys like Jameer 
having a really good year again. And then maybe Julian Reese has a full good year, maybe Deshaun Harris Smith or Deshaun Harris Smith, I should say. Um, that's going to take some getting used to for a lot of people I know um, to, to have a big year. That's when you start looking at maybe taking that next step and maybe becoming a sweet 16 team instead of a second round team. You know, no, because I, I speak about those losses because obviously when we're speaking about, when we've spoken about this team, we're very enthusiastic. I think a lot of people are right. And you think that they, they, they have a real chance to make a sweet 16, like you said, but I think, you know, we have to keep it even killed and there are some weaknesses. And I think for me, the number one weakness, and you, you're welcome to disagree is I think there's a pretty glaring lack of guard depth. And I think the losses of, of Akeem Hart and, and, and Don Carey definitely hurt that, right? You look at, you have, you have Jameer Young, you have Deshaun Harris-Smith. Then you have Jahari Long. I'm just not sure that they have enough sustained backcourt depth. And, and I I think for me, I think that that's a pretty large concern. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and that's one of the roles that Ian Martinez was really good at playing last year is that him and Don Carey pretty much played 20 minutes each a game. They were able to pretty much flip-flop. Jameer Young was playing 35-plus minutes a game. You yeah. know, Jahari Long was getting his minutes, but – um. Jameer Young is going to play the vast majority of, of and, minutes at the and, one. The question yeah. is, yeah, like you said, do you start extending the bench and getting to guys like Jonathan Lamothe or, you know, who who steps up, who can make a who, who can make an impact at that? And then maybe do you start also shifting your lineups, your personnel, and maybe just playing a little bit of a bigger style of basketball where you have yeah. Reese, Geronimo, maybe even you get like Maddie Triore, Jamie Kaiser, Dante Scott, like you get like three or four of those guys on the court at once. And then maybe you, you can get moments for some of your guards to rest a little bit. Kevin Willard, you know, we, we joke about the, the chiropractor thing and stuff and the adjustments that he makes, but, but he is a really good in-game coach. I have no concerns that he'll be able to work his rotations well, but yeah. that's what this early season is, is going to be a little bit of a feeling out period of who he can play together and in what situations. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, we're we're I mean, we're so high and deservedly so on on Deshaun Harris Smith. We think Jonathan Lamoth can have can have a, a decent role off the bench, but they are still freshmen, right? And if and and it's very hard to sustain a full thirty game season. Obviously, Jameer Young is kind of he he hasn't stopped right in the, in the, for for it's going to be two years just playing 30, 30 to thirty five minutes a night. And when you when you look at that, I'm just not sure with a guy who just plays so much, and then you, and then you have freshmen, which freshmen are freshmen. I just think that there's not enough being talked about about that lack of depth uh, in in the backcourt, and I think that is something something uh, that can pose some trouble for the Terps as the season goes on. Yeah, my biggest question mark is probably three point shooting because Don Carey gone, um, Hakeem Hart a an efficient didn't take too many threes, but like a shot a pretty high percentage as well. Ian Martinez started to come on later in the year, and Don Carey was you know like I said, inconsistent at the beginning of the year, but a really, really good shooter by the end of the year, like you expected him to be. Um, can Jamie Kaiser yeah. step up? Can Noah Bachelor get more minutes and step up? Can Jameer Young become a better three-point shooter than he was last year? Because he wasn't all too great from behind the arc last year. Because um, if if there is no three-point shooting, then Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith are very similar players in the sense that yeah. their goal is to attack yeah. the basket. And yeah. Julian Reese really benefits from the pick and roll, right? That's what that's what they're playing. Um, if you can go under that screen every time and Jameer and DHS aren't making you pay for that, that not only hurts their production, but could also start hurting Juju's production as well. So you could really start to see a cascading effect. So they definitely need someone that yeah. other teams have to respect from beyond the arc or else you have a pretty glaring hole in what you can do offensively. 
Yeah, and obviously this wasn't a guy that was going to get a ton of minutes, but a guy like Chad Stevens, right? He was brought in to be a three-point specialist. He he got injured in the offseason, so we're not sure of his status. Um, to maybe an end-of-the-season return, but nobody knows. No need to speculate. But again, right, you mentioned it's Jamie Kaiser obviously comes in as a uh, he's he's a, a three point guy. He's a, that's that's his model. I remember in media day he goes he tells me he goes, you know my role I make shots because that's what I do right. And then, and then Deshaun goes he's he's one of the best three point shooters in the country right. So obviously they're having fun with that. But but no but you're right. I mean there there, there is a pretty severe concern about who who's going to step up and make threes because Jamie Kaiser still a freshman right. We're speaking so highly on these freshmen, but still they're their first year playing collegiate basketball. Jameer Young, inconsistent. Deshaun Harris-Smith, his game is, is is more so getting getting buckets inside. We know Dante Scott. We, we know he'll he'll take his threes for for better or worse. Uh, we we know that that he'll he'll take them. So yeah, it's definitely a, a fair concern. Yeah, but um, but other than that, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism with this team at least now, right? They haven't played a game, so they haven't lost. So why not be sure. optimistic at this point? Um, before we go, before I mean, I don't know if we do you want to give score predictions for the Mount St. Mary's Mount game? Mary. Uh well, we'll go ahead and do that. But but before we do that, um number one thing you're most excited to see, other than what you said before at the beginning, maybe an under the radar thing that maybe people aren't talking about that you're excited to see. In the first game, I'm not sure we'll have another episode talking basketball before the Asheville tournament, but uh maybe something that people aren't talking about that you think they should be. I know a tough question. Really, it's a really tough question that people aren't talking about, or at least that we haven't mentioned. We haven't mentioned. I can give mine why you think, and I you don't mean yeah. yours. But my, mine's the depth behind Julian Reese. Um, I think the Mount St. Mary's game. You know, it's not a team that's going to kill you with size. Not a team that's going to kill you with physicality. I'm interested to see how far along Callum Swant Roger is in his development. I'm interested to see if Maddie Triore, if he's healthy, is if he's ready to play um, major minutes because at 6'11 and that athleticism, he could really open up the game for you um, and, and provide some reprieve for, for Julian Reese. I'm certainly interested to see how that's playing out. I don't anticipate that we'll be seeing much of, at all of Braden Pierce this year, but I'm interested to see that that front court depth. We talked about the guard depth, the front court depth maybe seems like something they've alleviated on paper but we still have to see it and see if Julian Reese won't just be out there playing like we were talking about Jameer 35, 38 minutes a game. I don't think that's sustainable for an entire season. Yeah. I'm going to give an easy answer and it's, it's something, it's something we joke about, but it's it's really not funny. It's can they win a game on the road? I I think I'm, I mean, we laugh, but I mean, they couldn't do it last year. Um, they, they, they won what they won one conference game. Am I, am I correct with that? So that's a trivia question. They won two, Road games, true true road games, the entire right. year. Do you think you can get them? One of these two one, teams one, just one, lost one, to, one, I think, a Division two team in an exhibition. Louisville, Minnesota. Bang! Yep, there it is. Um, so Louisville and Minnesota, if those are your only two road wins yeah. for a second year, I mean, they're not playing um, that you know schedule, obviously. But, like, yeah, like you said, this team needs to win on the road. Yeah. And that's why I'm – a little bit bullish on them having a pretty good record. I don't necessarily think they're going to run the table at home in conference play again. I just, you know, Xfinity Center is great. It's, yeah. a, it's an amazing home court advantage. Um, Kevin Willard teams just happen to play better at home. It's just what happens. But um, but at the end of the day, Maryland's not going to lose like every road game again, 
right? So if Maryland can just go three and seven on the road, like I think this team could have a much better winning percentage in the conference than last year. Last year, they were one tipped away rebound from finishing second in the league. I don't think they're going to win the conference, but I think them getting picked third in the Big Ten, I think there's no reason to believe that they're not capable of doing that. And I think it starts, like you said, with them trying to win games on the road. And we'll see them in their first true road environment at Villanova, which is a really tough game, but a really fun game. And I'm certainly in favor of teams scheduling harder at the beginning of the season. We saw some really cool charity exhibitions like Kansas, Illinois, Michigan State, Tennessee. Why we can't just play those games during the regular season, I don't know. But that's that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, winning on the road, certainly something to see. Let's get a score prediction for Maryland versus Mount St. Mary's, even though we're both going to be in complete agreement that Maryland's going to win this game. What are you expecting the difference to be? Uh, Big 10 teams have inevitably uh, have more depth uh, than MAC teams. Um, I think Maryland wins. I'm going to say, I think the offense is going to need a little bit, a little bit of time to gel. I don't think it's going to be a perfect uh, performance on the offensive end early, but I'm going to say Maryland wins 71 to 49. Okay. For reference, Ken Palm has this at 77 to 55 as the expected outcome. I think that's about fair. I'll say Maryland wins. 75 to 61. So uh, 16 point victory for Maryland. We're super excited to see them play for the first time. I know everyone listening is as well. Basketball season is finally here. We're really excited about it. And before we go, Andrew, you you seem like you have something to say. Well, it's this is the last time we're going to be talking Maryland before the season starts. So I think it's only fair that we give off the top of our head final season predictions, record predictions. Record predictions? The last time before the season. No, here's what what we're going to do. We're going to do final regular season prediction what they're going to finish in the conference and a end of season where they fall into the NCAA tournament okay that seems fair um i'll start i'll go with maryland will win i think they get to the 20 win threshold this year i'll say they finish 21 and 10 i think they're gonna have a pretty good record this year um and i think that'll be you know, mixing in the conference record and the and the non-conference record. I can't do the math in my head, but I think that's good for fourth in the league. I think that's about where they fall, third or fourth, maybe fifth. Um, and then I, I think this team, I mean, screw it, man. It's November. It's the beginning of November. They're gonna make the sweet 16. Why not? Why not? No one's gonna remember this if they get if they lose in the first round or whatever. So I, I think this team is capable of making a sweet 16. I don't know if they're they have it in them. We'll see. There's surprise teams all the time in college basketball. We'll see if they have it in them. I don't think they do necessarily to make that much of a deeper run, but but I'm going to be optimistic and say they're going to finish fourth in the Big Ten and they're going to win two NCAA tournament games and Kevin Willard will have this thing rolling in the right direction after year two. I think that they win 21 games in the, reg- 21 games in the regular season. I think that they finish third in the conference behind Michigan State, who wins it, and Purdue gets second. I think they lose in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. And I think that they make the Sweet 16 as well with Deshaun Harris-Smith winning Big Ten freshman of the year. Okay. I, I can see that happening. Uh, I'm curious. Michigan State over Purdue. I'm a, I'm a Purdue. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Purdue stickler this year. I think they're the best team in the country. Not to get off track, but well, well, well. I, I don't think anybody's 
arguing that they, that they aren't the best team in the country, just postseason. Well, first of all, Michigan State is like they're they're the roster they had they have this year is, is absolutely stacked. I know Purdue returns so many guys, and I know that they're kind of built. This is this is you know Zachy's final year, and they're gonna you know c- kind of go all the way. But Michigan State on paper that is five star to five. That is a loaded squad, and I think they're gonna be really really tough to beat. Maybe we'll see. Um, and we will see Michigan State versus Maryland in those cool throwback uniforms that Maryland revealed, which oh, I love personal them. tangent. Those are awesome. <laughs> uniforms. Why are they Dude, only wearing them for one game? I don't know. The I don't know. Uniforms they've worn in years. Well, no, I, I, I saw the reveal and I was like, oh, my God, these are like the jerseys. These are so sick. And then I'm like, the rest for one game. Well, what are we doing? Yeah, the new jerseys are cool, but but the, you're never going to catch me saying that they shouldn't be wearing throwbacks more because I love the throwbacks, especially the Maryland throwbacks. They did a really, really good job with those. Um, but that's that's a conversation for another time, I think. Um, but that'll wrap it up for this episode. Maryland basketball starts its season Tuesday night. It'll be the beginning of what we're both predicting to be a Sweet 16 season. Not to put any extra pressure on, but yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe the first of 20-plus wins. Um, and the first time we'll be seeing this new-look Maryland team under its second year under Kevin Willard. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for listening. We will see you later in the week with a prediction and preview of the football game against Nebraska. And, uh, and we'll be talking hoops the rest of the year. Thanks, everyone, for listening.